Hello and welcome to Once Upon a Teacher. I'm James Newman, a trainee teacher and psychologist, and on this podcast I take a beginner's mind approach to each week's specific theme. To those who haven't listened before, this doesn't mean the podcast is only for new teachers, but rather it's a chance to look afresh at things that we, at times, might be doing on autopilot, and then gently ask, why do we do the things the way we do them, and what's the impact upon us and our students? Today we're going to look at Key Stage 2 reading with my guest Emily Weston. Emily is a reading lead in her school and she's passionate on the subject for sure. I've put links to all of her social media accounts below so you'll no doubt find some inspiration there. But for now, I hope you enjoy listening. Okay, so today I'm here with Emily Weston. Thanks very much for joining us, Emily. Thank you for having me on. So just to start off with, before we get into this great topic of reading, just tell me a little bit about your current job and, and your past history in education up to now. Um, so I did a PGCE at the University of Gloucestershire um, and I did that after I had taken a couple of years out to work in HR. Um, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher, but I had never actually worked in a school before. I'd done some volunteering and things like that, but I wanted to really take the time out to understand what teaching was and how I could best be suited to it. Um, and then after I did my PGCE, I worked in a small village school. Um, I left there because I didn't like how it was run and I ended up at my new school which is a much more supportive environment um, where I'm in year six which I've been in year six for about four years now um, and I've always been in key stage two before that so that's sort of my background in teaching. Yeah it's great and everyone's <laughs> kind of got a personal opinion on or, or personal reason for why they get into teaching and, and what they believe good education looks like so just tell us a little bit about your philosophy. So I've always wanted to be a teacher, really, since I was about four years old. Um, there were a couple of teachers at my primary and my secondary school that inspired me <clears throat> to teach. So my philosophy is really I just want children to love learning and and understand the impact that it can have on their lives and how it can help them be well-rounded. So it's not just all about academics. It's about um, how best to prepare them for life as well, which is very much how I teach. So I do a lot of work on year six transition. Um, I've done a careers week for them and things this year because I just want them to leave as well-rounded individuals as well as having the academic skills that we want them want them to have. Yeah. Um, so we're going to focus on reading today. and I'm yeah. going to have to be careful here because I know you're a huge bookworm and I'm a massive <laughs> bookworm as well. This could just be a, a full-on book chat, so we'll be careful. Um, but just kind of tell me off, start by telling me, why is it that you wanted to focus in on on reading because that's you, that's what you lead in the school is that right yes yeah. yeah um I think you know obviously again alongside it being an academic subject they can also learn a lot about how to live in the world so from books you can learn all about empathy you can learn about different cultures or experiences that you wouldn't get in your normal life it's a way of escapism as well if you sit down and read a book you can forget about reality for a little bit I think, you know, it, it builds up so many skills that children don't even realise that they're building. But it's also a form of enjoyment as well. Like if a child learns to read for pleasure, they never have to be bored. Um, so I think as well, I've got such an enjoyment out of it myself. I really love being able to pass that on to other people. Yeah. And I'm obviously a trainee teacher. So <laughs> what I find is going into schools is that, and it's probably the same in any industry, is that a lot of things are people assume you know so I want to kind of start quite basic so yeah. tell me about what reading schemes are commonly out there and used by schools and, and which one you prefer um I mean we do whole class reading we don't follow a scheme per se but we follow the idea of whole class reading in school so we have all of the children have books between them so they can all see a book 
because um, I think that's really important that they're not just being read to, that they can actually read along themselves and see the text and, you know, then they can interpret it. Um, I know there's a lot of um, different schemes that are used in schools. So some schools still do guided reading. Um, some schools follow um, paid for schemes as well for reading. But I, I personally choose to use the idea that we have um, whole class reading going on, but teachers have the a facility to actually adapt that a little bit because everyone's teaching style is a bit different everyone has their own personal relationship with books and as long as the children can see your passion coming through as well as doing all the skills that they need um then they they should learn how to read <laughs> yeah and then so in terms of the whole class reading how much are you doing what what's the aim what are you getting children to do as you're reading what's that what's that look like so we tend to read a little bit of the book a day. Um, I always get children to read it. So I'll model how to read right. in that lesson, but I'll always get children to read as well. Um, every child in every class I've ever had has always been able to read. I think it's about knowing the children really well. So if you've got somebody who is less confident reading aloud, because um, there's always some children who don't like doing it in front of the class, it's about picking a section of the text that you know has words and language that they're really comfortable with. Um, so I always like them to read aloud and actually they all do really enjoy that. Um, and then after that, I'll not always ask questions while they're reading. So I think sometimes it's important for them just to absorb the text or get lost in it. Um, but they'll always have an activity after. Um, and it might be as simple as in a nutshell, which is why I get them to summarise the whole piece of text we've just read in 10 words. Or it might be a drama. It might be um, a freeze frame they have to do based on it. Or it might be writing a diary entry in the character or a letter to somebody in the form of the character. So they'll always do an activity of some sort after we've done the reading together as a class. So uh, that's interesting. So the drama one, what 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 would that look like? Give us an example. So I put them um, in our class. We always have uh, they'll work with the person next to them or, or certain groups they're in, but there'll always be mixed ability. And what they'll do is we'll look at the piece of text. So, for example, in the Nowhere Emporium, which we did this year, um, the main character has to make a decision. So it might be that they have to go into a freeze frame and each pair will go into their own freeze frame and they'll have to decide what that character will do. And then they'll have to verbalise it. So they'll freeze frame into a picture that shows what's happened. And then they'll have to verbalise what that character is going to do next based on the evidence and the inferences that they've had from the text. So it gives them a way to explore it without having to always write. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And did you say that you, you don't do much guided reading in, in the school? No, we only do whole class reading. So um right. We, we always do it as a whole class and it's differentiated mostly by outcome. So obviously we'll scaffold the children or they might have the support of a TA or an adult if they need it. But I always like them to do the same activity and it will be the outcome that's different um, based on the child or maybe the support yeah. that they've got. Because I think it just opens it up to them. It gives them a level play playing field and it lets them explore the text in the same way. And if they're all seeing the same te text, you're not putting sort of a glass ceiling on them. You're letting them all see the high quality text that everyone gets. Yeah. And is there any reason for doing it in the whole class rather than having them in pairs reading the same story together? Um, I just think they get to hear so many different ideas. So if they're if they're all doing it as a class, they get to hear the responses from lots of different children and they all see the book and read the book often in a different way. Their predictions are different. And by having that real discussion and that real social aspect of reading, I think they see firstly 
the different answers you can give, which is obviously helpful, especially in a Satya group. But also they get to see that you can have discussion and book talk and and they can see that it's quite a social thing. Like reading doesn't have to be something you can do on your own. It can be something you can talk about and discuss and really enjoy because they often have, you know, it ends up being debates or discussions about the text that we're having because they have different ideas and and they can see that it's a really it's a really verbal thing as well. Yeah, that's interesting. And then obviously, aside from the whole class reading, you I would imagine you're encouraging the children to read at home and, and yes. they, do they have class readers? Books yep, they, so they have their own individual books that they read. Um, I've got so every book I read, I then take to my classroom. So they have quite a fresh uh, selection right. <laughs> of books all the time. Um, but they also have we have a story time book at the end of the day, which um, isn't always a book. Sometimes we get the happy newspaper as a subscription. Uh, First news, we have some magazines. Um, so sometimes it might be that we read an article from one of those. Sometimes it's a picture book. Sometimes it's part of a graphic novel that goes alongside our whole class reader. Um, so we'll still have story time. We have extracts within our other texts. And we'll always do, they absolutely love doing comfy reading where they get to sit where they want and read how they want. Um, so we make time for a reading individually for pleasure and reading as a class for pleasure alongside our taught lessons as well. So they're really immersed in books. Great. And, and do you have any form of assessment for how they they are progressing with their own their own reading? Um, I benchmark them each term, which, um, again, we don't have to do in school, but I choose to do it. So I pick a text and ask them the same four questions about it. And it just gives you an idea of what their understanding of prediction, um, you know, inference skills are, applied knowledge. And it also lets you see, you know, what sort of words they're finding a bit tricky, what maybe we need to focus on in lessons. But I do that individually with every child. So I make sure I read with every child every term mm -hmm. um, because I think it's nice for them to get that one on one time as well. And it really lets you see individually what they need to work on as well as, as a whole class. And then obviously in a Satya group, you also have the assessments, the national yeah. assessments that you, you go against as well, which is I find them quite useful. I know not everyone yeah. does, but I, I do find them useful to see what they need to develop. Yeah, sure. And if the child's reading a book that maybe you feel that, they're, that they would struggle with, mm -hmm. how do you respond? How do you go about dealing with that? I'm, I tend to let them read what they want. Um, I had a, a child who maybe shouldn't have been reading the book that he was, in my opinion. But actually, when I spoke to him about it, he he did recall what had happened he understood it and it took him a really long time to get through it but he was obviously enjoying it so unless unless they're really finding it tricky to the point where they can't read you know every other word I tend to let them just give it a go because as long as they're reading something in class with me and seeing extracts and things that are of their age ability I think I think because if they're reading their own choice of book and they're enjoying it I'm, I'm usually not going to stop them from reading it actually <laughs> I tend yeah. to take that sort of stance on it yeah and how about with home reading do you do you kind of give advice to parents do you do you keep a track of that what what's the deal with that so whenever they finish a book at home in the back of their whole class reading books they do a little activity based on it just to show their understanding because I think when you're you know when you're younger it's easier you're reading one one new book a day you tend to and you're reading your your banded books but actually when you're reading a big a big book in the evening and especially in year six you don't often want to read to your parents you read on your own um so I asked them to do a little activity and then when they've done that they get a raffle ticket and then they get put into a drawer and one child wins um a book token each term from 
upper and from lower key stage two. Ah, fab. So what, what sort of activity would they do? Um, so it's they're quite similar to what we would do in class, really. So um, it might be a diary entry about character. It might be for them to do a book review. It might be for them to summarise what's happened in the book without giving anything away. Um, it might be that they have to predict if there was a sequel to this book, what would happen in the sequel? What would you do? Could you write the first chapter? So they're really varied activities and they have to pick different ones each time. Um, but they they quite enjoy that because they're they're having that discussion with you as well. They come and show you that activity. You have a little talk about it and then, you know, and then they get their raffle ticket, which I think they all they all quite enjoy. Yeah. And is that something that they they ha- not have to do, but you ask them to do every time or is it kind of a voluntary they they do do it every time and um, we do ask them to do it after each book but obviously we don't we do um monitor how often they're reading but some children obviously have longer books that take them a bit yeah. a bit longer to get through so we don't say you have to do this many per term or this many per week we want to see that they're they're reading a book and if I feel like a child's not reading at home I'll ask them right what page are you on now and maybe keep a track of the pages um so that I know that they're they're still reading the book and then I might ask some questions about it. So it doesn't just um, become based on those activities. It can be verbal as well. So I'll make sure that children are reading or understanding what they're reading verbally. But then, yeah, we do require, well, require we ask them to do an activity at the end of each book that they've read. But they tend to do it voluntarily. I'll often not even realise they've finished a book <laughs> and they'll come and show me an activity they've already done about it. So it's um, yeah. it's quite a nice way of promoting discussion again. Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, I, I'm as I said, quite new to teaching. In mm-hmm. terms of things when, I, when I've been doing reading or, or whether it's been silent reading or guided reading or whatever, um, things that kind of came up were things like maybe children choosing a text that's a little bit too uh, too advanced for them. Mm-hmm. But, but also, I guess there are other issues that can come up with children just maybe not being that into reading and not having the motivation to do it. So what are the common things that kind of could come up that you might need to address in this area? So there are there are always children that don't really find reading that exciting or um, don't really want to read. And I think especially it always seems to be children who've got, you know, other things to do, like Xbox seems to be one of the things they say, mm-hmm. oh, I was on my Xbox, I didn't get time to read. Or often if they go to a lot of after school clubs. So it's about it's about working with them, I think, to find genres of books that they read. So there was a boy in my class who was quite reluctant um, to read and actually once we found books that he was interested in he then went home he he went to Waterstones with his granddad he picked out a new book he was bringing books in and showing me and actually he was someone who really really wasn't wanting to read at home and his he you know his family were really on board as well and he he did eventually find books that he was enjoying and coming and talking to me about them and it was all about he just hadn't found any books that he really wanted to read yet and once he saw that actually they can be as exciting as his games I think he was much more on board with it. So I think it's about taking the child as an individual, thinking about, okay, what's my way in here? And then finding a solution that way rather than, I don't know, expecting them to know. Because I think sometimes we think, oh, I know what I like to read. The children must know that too. But sometimes they're just, they haven't explored enough yet to find that. Mm-hmm. And, and what other things do you do maybe around the school with displays, whatever, to get to get the theme of reading to be more prominent, I guess? So we were, I mean, it's not going to happen now until next academic year, but we were organising a book festival um, where we were going to have authors all coming in. Um, The children, we encouraged them to write to authors. So 
any child that writes a letter to an author will send it. And a lot of children across school have learned that, that, that we will do that. And they've had replies. So Jenny McLachlan's written some amazing replies. Uh, Damaris Young has written some amazing yeah. replies to our children. Jennifer Killick sent uh, postcards. So we display postcards from authors around the school. Uh, we had a Do Not Stop Reading Day where every child in the school got to, um, they donated some money. They got a donut and they had a story time so we promoted that as like a treat where they got to you know have that little donut and sit and listen to a story as a treat um so they we try and promote reading for pleasure so they see that reading isn't isn't just a subject it's something that you can do for fun um and that's something we've worked really hard on uh we've got librarians so children are librarians and they they do lots of active things we did a, a book recycle where we went and put books out in the public that was tom brassington who did that on twitter we got that nice idea from him so we've tried to really you know weave into the school that it it can be a really pleasurable activity and they can see it in that way as well and i think that's really worked this year we've just done little things not anything huge um but just little things to show them that you know reading does matter and reading can be enjoyable for them yeah that's great i don't know if it was a national thing but in the northeast there was a a lady set up a page where it was like that book recycle and it was absolutely huge. You would go out for a walk and you would usually find someone who had left a book with a little note for you to, to pick up for the, for children. So I, ideas like that are great, aren't they? And yeah. in terms of, you mentioned a few authors there and I know mm-hmm. that having looked at your social media, you, you think it's important to read the kind of text that children and that you're teaching might be interested in. So which, which authors other than the obvious ones, should we be looking out for? What, what's your recommendations? Uh, I think Abby Elphinstone is somebody who is really engaged with helping children children read. And her books are fabulous. If you haven't read them, I recommend those. Um, I think there's so many. There's so many on Twitter that are really up for helping. Um, it's hard to think of off the top of my head now. <laughs> put you on the spot <laughs> yeah put me on the spot and now I'm finding it tricky to think of them but I think as you said on my social media there's so, there's so many so Sam Copeland's another one Jenny Pearson uh, mm-hmm. she's just had her debut released she's she's a teacher herself so she's she's fantastic um I've already mentioned a couple that are really really you know out there um Piers Torday as well he's great I could probably list all of them, but I've gone you a bit blank going. now. But there are so <laughs> there are so many. And if you look anywhere on anywhere on Twitter, anywhere on Instagram as well, um, I find that authors are so willing to help you and so willing just to send a little message to your class or a postcard. We've had loads of postcards sent to us, um, and loads of little messages. And we tweet the children's work, or um, if they finished a book, we'll we'll tweet their review maybe. And they always take their time to reply. And I think that's had a really big impact on the children as well for them to see that an author is taking the time to message them it makes them really excited and really want to read so I think it's an amazing tool for people to use both for themselves as well but also inside the classroom yeah and I'll put links to your um because you you have a book blog don't you so I'll put links to that in the the text below the episode so it sounds like a lot a lot of what you're talking about there of the things you do is is really focused on I guess m- motivation to read for children that's that's kind of the key and being creative in that sense I'm guessing yeah yeah I think they always think there's something else to do I think if you haven't been brought up or or you don't have that you know internal want to read it can be quite difficult to see it as a as an activity that you want to do if you've got a playstation where you can be I don't know killing zombies why would you want to just sit and read a book instead when you've got to imagine it I think it's about making them see that it's just as exciting as the other activities that are on offer um 
and that's that's the real challenge and I think it's just finding little ways for them to understand that it can be you know an escape and enjoyable as well as all the activities they like doing themselves yeah I mean I'm personally lucky my stepdaughter loves reading she'll yeah. kind of read off on her own volition in but what I find with her is that she'll read the same kind of she reads rainbow magic which are <laughs> not the greatest I don't think but <laughs> she only wants to read those for a good period of time so she's got about 30 of those yeah do you think that do you think that you need to as a teacher if a child's reading like that and just reading the same topic try and move them onto the things or are you kind of cautious of doing that to to kind of enforce something new on them I do always try and show them new books I think um I think it's important to do that I've got a girl who loves reading Jacqueline Wilson and that's it is pretty much all she'll read but she has started to find other books that she'll enjoy as well so I'd never ask them to stop reading something and you know I loved Jacqueline Wilson books myself as a child I just think it's about showing them that variety but in our teaching we should be doing that anyway so through story time through um you know extracts that you're using through whole class reading they're going to see lots of different books and I think just from them being exposed to that um they'll start finding other books as well so I also in the morning when we come in and do quiet reading I'll always sit and read myself and I'll usually be reading I'll read whatever I'm reading in school um but they'll often come and ask me about it and actually if it's a book that they're interested in they might borrow that one next once I finished it and just for them seeing an adult reading a book that they think they might be interested in that can sometimes be enough to get them to want to read that instead um so I never try and force them to read anything else or I never really push anything else on them but I find that just from them seeing all of those different books that are out there it can actually make them want something else and even start coming up and asking for recommendations so another child in my class came up to me and said oh I've really enjoyed reading um Anthony Horowitz what can you actually um recommend to me next that's a bit similar and we found a book together, um, Spylark it was, that was something that he would really enjoy. And I think that's part of the, you know, part of it as well. If they see all the options out there, they'll start to want to read some of those options themselves. Yeah, that, that touches on what you were saying at the start, I guess, is the social nature of reading, which I've never yeah. really thought about, actually, that <laughs> people love talking about books, don't they, when they've, they've read yeah. them and bring yeah. them into the classroom. It's really nice. Um, and in terms of... Your re- so just stepping out of the classroom a little bit, we, we're probably going to get a little bit uh, of a book bloggy idea here. But what <laughs> what authors in terms of adult reading do you do you like? Um, my favourite is Donato Carisi. So he's an Italian author, actually. Um, I'm hoping I pronounced his name right, but he wrote The Whisperer, which is my favourite book. I recommend it to everybody. Um, I love crime crime books. Um, I find that I just find them really exciting. So he's my favourite author um alongside that there's melissa nathan um she's written books like the nanny and the waitress which i don't normally read that sort of um style of book but her writing is just really lovely and it's it's just sort of a way to escape i read her books over and over again i know what the ending is but it doesn't matter i just really enjoy the style of writing Mm. um again you know they've all gone out of my head paula hawkins (laughs) is another one um that I like reading it's most it's mostly crime novels to be honest um I'll read anything that anyone gives me but crime is what I'll choose to read some good good tips there and it's just kind of reminded me from what you said there to to ask do you think there's kind of a correlation between the children who are really prolific readers if you like 
have better quality creative writing or is there not really a link there? I think there, I think there is a link. I think it's inevitable there'll be one because the more you read, the more you can understand how stories and writing works and the more that you can see different language um, and you can see different words um, and the way they're used. So I think a really... Um, a really good writer in class can see that actually the word said it will work sometimes but it's about how you use it and when you use it whereas I think it's very different when a child is only using said because they don't know the other options out there I think reading is naturally going to give you more of a, a flair in your writing because you're you're able to see writing and how it works in a more technical way and if you if you ever link those two things explicitly together so I don't know for example let's read this this text uh, by whatever author and let's try and write a paragraph in that style or or something like that yeah so in one of our whole class reading activities is sometimes to write the next chapter so it will be right. um because it's a way of predicting so predict what's going to happen in the next cha chapter but actually can you write the opening of that next chapter and then that makes them um think about the style of the book how is it written and how can they they do that? And we don't do it often because it is quite tricky for them to yeah. do, I find. Yeah. Um, but it is something that we we will do occasionally because I think it does show them that, you know, each writer is different as well. So there's different author styles. And some children, they'll be able to tell me, oh, I know which author this is just from the writing because they actually read so much. Yeah. Um, which really I think is really great. interesting. Yeah. Brilliant. Great. And not that I want to focus too much on negatives, but in, in terms of... <laughs> reading practice that you might have seen in other schools or maybe early in your career things you did wrong what would be common mistakes do you think in approaching the subject um I think for me in my earlier career I didn't I didn't read many children's books so when I first started I've always been an avid reader and I've always read a lot but I did focus a lot more on reading books like adult books because I actually naively thought that children's books I wouldn't enjoy them because they're for children um and I learned you know pretty quickly that that's not the case so the more I started reading children's books the more I've realized how actually amazing they are there's a really really good selection um and there's new ones coming out constantly which are just brilliant for using in class and I think for me as an early teacher yes I was reading and yes the children knew I was passionate about reading but actually I wasn't able to recommend any books I wasn't able to think for myself what text to use in class I relied a lot on what other people said or what other people recommended and the more I read children's books, the more I was able to then inform my own practice. And I think for me, that was the biggest learning curve, I think, mm -hmm. to find out the books, the books for myself, which would be really good in class. And I think unless you've read the book, you can't really recommend it that well to a child because you don't know if they'll enjoy it because you haven't read it yourself. So I think that for me was the biggest, the biggest change to my reading teaching practice. Yeah. And are you ever surprised? by some of the this is going slightly off topic but are you ever surprised <laughs> by some of the books that children like because I'm thinking again of my stepdaughter she I used to love Secret Seven and she loves Secret Seven but reading them back now that they, they don't seem great great <laughs> it's it's interesting isn't it how children will pick some books that you don't really think are wonderful yeah I think I mean we all know um my feelings on David Williams books I personally don't think they're well written and people enjoy them that's absolutely fine I, I have them in my classroom I've never stopped children from reading them and you know I think sometimes the plot lines of them are, can be quite good but I, I wouldn't stop them reading but I do still get surprised sometimes how much those children love the books when I think mm. that there's such amazing books out there and then they just get sort of stuck on one one style 
Um, I also get surprised how many children in my class love like a spooky, creepy book. So obviously I like crime. So I search out quite a lot of children's books that have those dark themes in them. And actually children really, really enjoy them and often come up to me and say, oh, I want something a bit dark. I want something a bit scary, a bit spooky. And that always surprises me because you always think children want these light, fun, magical adventures. And actually they don't. They like that that undertone of fear and they, they they enjoy that and that always surprises me as well actually yeah that's interesting okay well that's that's been great I, I always finish with a couple of questions and it's going to put you on the spot a little bit again but don't <laughs> okay. don't worry we're not looking for the perfect answer I think so the first one is if you could put a notice up on every notice board um in every school in the country mm-hmm. what would you write on it <sighs> I read every day I think in the staff room I mean sorry I think read every day I think for for staff to to try and read a little bit with their class every day um or even for themselves just to get into books that help I think that's something really useful I think we often think we don't have the time and I know people can be really busy but sometimes even just being able to have that 10 minute book talk with a child or I read this last night or this is the book that I'm reading I think it can be invaluable. So I think for staff as well, it's it's important for them to remember that reading can make a difference for them as well. Yeah. And similar question. And again, it, it can be about reading or not. Um, okay. <laughs> if you could put a billboard up in every school so that the children and parents see it as they walk in, what would you put on that? Ooh, that's a tricky one. Um, I think it would be something along the lines of about being a community. I think um, I think it's really important for schools to remember that they are a community with parents, with children, with staff that work there. Um, I worked at a school before where it wasn't like that at all. And it was really, really difficult. And it does make life quite hard. Um, I think that if you if you all work together and if you're all, you know, singing from the same song sheet, hymn sheet, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's, that's really important. So it'd be something that shows everybody that you're a community and you can all work together and you are a big team. I think it would be something along those lines. Yeah. And in brackets, read. <laughs> and in brackets yeah make sure you're all reading <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic well thanks so much for coming on emily i hope everyone at home's enjoyed that i certainly have it's it's a really good topic to to get down into and we'll uh, speak to you all again next week thank you all right thank you very much